what is today? April 9th, 2020. Play days 12 and 13 for North American Pro League have wrapped up. We have a couple upsets to talk about. One, I would consider an upset. Two, um, it could kind of go either way, just how you look at the teams, but I see it as an upset. So we have at least two of those to talk about. And then there's a little bit of a collegiate update this week. Not a huge, huge lot to go about with collegiate as things are going on, but we're going to start with Pro League and the co-host, Syntax. How's hey, it going? Good, good, man. Good. So where do we, I don't, so we left off of, we covered everything up to March 30th last week, correct? Correct. Okay, so April 1st on is new to these guys. Okay. Yes. So, um, we had Space Station versus EU on Wednesday, April. So, April 1st, we had four matches total. We had EU versus Space Station. We had EG versus DZ. We had LG versus Rec. We had Tempo versus, or well, and we had Tempo versus TSM. So, Space Station um, beat EU uh, 7 5 on Coastline. Um, honestly, it's no surprise there. Space Station is pretty um, pretty powerful in Coastline, but I am impressed with the EU and Han how well they fought back. Honestly, I'm 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 impressed overall with with EU right now in general. Um, they oh. are yeah, you know, for being a for being a new team in the pro league, um, they are holding their own against these. NA powerhouses right now with Space Station, DZ, TSM. Um, yeah, they do take their hits, but so do the so do these powerhouses sometimes, you know. But when it comes to playing these these teams, they they're holding their own really well, and they're they're taking these teams. Um, you know, they're they're getting at least five rounds every match against these guys, and I'm I'm just really impressed with them. Um, so then we had. I lost my spot. Okay, so we had DZ versus EG. Uh, they beat them seven five. No surprise there that DZ won, but I am I'm happy to see that EG is holding their own a little bit. EG lately has just been kind of crap in the bed. Unfortunately, it's kind of sad to see this this uh, this organization kind of take a huge downfall. But honestly, it's it was bound to happen eventually. Um, you know, there. I think once Canadian left, Canadian was kind of like the glue that kind of held everything together with EG. And then once EG left, or when I'm not once EG left, once uh, Canadian left EG, uh, everything kind of just fell apart, unfortunately. And yet it fell into place for Space Station. Yeah, like, right. Now, now Canadian and Space Station are like synonymous with each other. Like you. You don't have a successful space station team without them. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't. Honestly, but, like, mean, yeah, I mean, as much as EU has been doing really well, like, there are two wins, one tie, and what were one, two, three, four, four losses, it looks like, since, or sorry, there are only one win. They've got nine losses, I believe. EG. Yeah. And I was just, I was just looking at from when the season resumed. Um, so late March, lost to Team Reciprocity, tied DZ, lost to Tempo Storm, lost to Space Station, lost to LG, and then in their latest matchup, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it. I'm gonna steal your thunder. They win against TSM. They've mm-hmm. lost seven to three to Tempo Storm. And yet they can seven to five TSM this week. That's a hell of a growth from last week. And I mean, maybe it's they're just better prepared for TSM and Tempo is just kind of this go away you're annoying kind of thing and they just weren't prepared for that matchup or they were still getting things in line but like to come out and be to secure their first win against tsm as you were saying like they've done a really great job at showing up for each of these these matches like their first matchup was by far their worst right against reciprocity seven to two and then it seems like they've progressively gotten better this is it feels like them gelling they lost hard they lost a little less hard lost a little less hard lost a little less hard and now they've won so i wonder if this is the turnaround for the rest of the season for them i mean it could be but also it could have just been a fluke unfortunately (laughs) Um, you think the win against TSM was a fluke? It it could have been. Um, maybe they were just. I, honestly, I have no I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I think TSM may have just got uh, complacent. I think that might have been it. I think. I think TSM. Okay. Just when when E United's call out has a higher rating than three members of TSM, you know something's gone sideways. Like, Callout had the lowest team, uh, rating, player rating in the entire out of United at 0.84. And we're talking Geo with a rating of 0.56. Mm-hmm. A cost of 50%. And Merck, he had a rating of 0.67 in that, but his cost was 33%. Okay, what <laughs> these stats really make everything oh so it, it's it it looks like this match is backwards. Yeah, it right? really does. Right? Like, so, so like so much red and orange with TSM and so much green and yellow green with United. I swear they got the stats backwards. This this really goes to show you. This is a I'm I'm honestly going to screenshot this forever. Because this is a perfect example of kills don't win matches. Doesn't matter how how well you're doing, how much you're fragging out, that does not matter if you're not winning the match. It's not going to win you the match. It's all about yeah. the impact kills. I mean, for God's sakes, look at this. Uh, they're all above, almost all of them, four out of five are above a 1.0 rating. And they lost. Look, achieved is a one point five. He's twelve and five. Bolo was twelve and six, absolutely destroying. But look at EG; Wait, they're what? all below. Oh, you're looking at EG versus TSM. Yeah, wasn't that what we were talking about? Oh, I jumped up to uh, United versus TSM. <laughs> We're talking about two separate matches here. Well, that doesn't help. Why don't you keep going? I'll shut my mouth. 
No, no, no. I'll go back to what you were talking about here. I'm God, I'm so dumb here. Okay. <laughs> That's all good. We got there's too many E names. Two E two E teams. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I'm so backwards. Okay, just scratch everything that I said for now. We'll we'll get to it later. Um <laughs> Okay. Let me let me let me get back on track here with my train of thought here. So United versus TSM on Clubhouse. 7-5 EU. So TSM, um, you can see here that... Well, okay, this one makes more sense, right? I was I was about to try and, and, and segue this over to talk about my same point here, but it this is this is pretty normalized here. So you know, Forest 15-9, Alfama 11-4, 976857. You know, they won the match with their costs all over being all of them being over 60 65%, right? And then TSM their cost was just bad. Yeah. No, you know? it was really bad. Yeah, and honestly like I expected TSM to be stronger on Clubhouse. I really did. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm not terribly sure what they did wrong or what you did right um right. that's that's something that i would have to go back and actually um do a vod review and see like what eu did differently and, i mean a lot of the operator choices when you look at their attack and defend favorites they almost mirror each other mm -hmm. except for like united took a smoke over um over a maestro but like that's really the only difference it was mute mute over maestro mute. sorry that's okay and then there's a mozzie pick from tsm which i mean that's also another common pick but like yeah i mean but this still goes to this goes to show your point still because mm -hmm. i mean when you look at united's numbers they're not phenomenal like 15 and 9 that's a good game but 9 and 7 6 and 8 5 and 7 they still had costs of 67% when they're 6 and 8 and 5 and 7. Negative KD. And their cost is still better than the entire team of TSM in that matchup. The kills that they were getting mattered. The plays that they were making mattered. Mm -hmm. Any of the kills, like Pojo Man, Merc, Geo, with five kills apiece, their guns just weren't working. They weren't in the right place at the right time. For achieved to go eight and eight and bolo to be the only player going positive and his bolo's survival rate 17 percent like he might have been getting the frags but it did not matter because his body was out the window like his cost 58 percent. those 12 kills barely made a play yeah um so it, I mean, this is the exact same thing that you were talking about with the eg game yeah pretty much and honestly like it really goes to show you so i would i would go as far to say as merc so merc on tsm is probably their best player and that that's honestly just my opinion um but i i firmly believe that he is the best player in tsm and, and seeing him go you know five and nine the 0.67 rating 
uh, kind of just goes to show you how well prepared EU was for this match. Um, yeah. I think TSM might have underestimated EU. Um, I mean, if they didn't, EU was just, they, I guess they just did their research. Um, they just, they just, they were just winning their, winning their ones the whole time. And that's what it looks like with, uh, Forrest going 15-9. Granted, Forrest is a really good player. Um, I've been following his, his gameplay ever since, uh, his relegation match, uh, with, uh, when he was on Obey, you know, when it was Obey versus, um, Sonics, I believe. Yep. Forrest, uh, did really well in relegations um and ever since then he's just been a really good player i mean i mean he has his moments where he kind of does bad but overall like he's he's been performing pretty well this season um i would say that he he is a solid he's a solid pro league performer that makes any sense but yeah um and then also I was gonna say something and then i lost my train of thought um so so bolo and merc right so bolo for, from what i remember bolo and merc are their their entry fraggers right um so their survival rates looking at the survival rate and their kill death ratio bolo looks like he pretty much would he would entry and, oh you can see this right here three to one right yeah. um yep. You know, he Bolo would get a kill, and then he would die. Sometimes he would get two kills, and then he would die. You know, and that's exact. And his KD sh shows that, and it reflects that. So, um, you know, he was getting at least one pick, and then he was dying. Merc wasn't doing his job at all. Um, yeah, I mean, this achieved was 12 rounds. even achieved. 12 rounds. You know, yeah. it, it actually looks like. Achieved was playing as the secondary entry, and Mark was playing more of a support role because Achieved was, was the. I think Geo was the second entry. I mean, he's zero and three. No, Geo wasn't second entry because if you look at his characters, he played Capitao oh. and Maestro, right? So Achieved right. is playing. Achieved plays Zof and Mozzie. So that Zof tells me that she that he was the secondary fragger. Um, Pojo was support, Merc was flex, and then Gio was also a flex. Yeah, TSM was just underprepared for EU. Hmm. That's pretty much about it. I think yeah, EU just I mean, if... EU just was better on this map. They just had better strats. I, I mean, if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't strats, then EU was just the better gunners that night. And I mean, if you look at Bolo, his one kills per round, like guaranteed that he got one every single round. But then within a 12 round matchup, only in two of the rounds did he not die. And those were two of the five rounds that they won. But like those kills clearly just did not add up to anything. It might have been he was the last man standing. It might have been, well, no, he had no one versus X's. So, you know, like it was probably still just early frags, maybe first fragging out, but equal trade, fast trade, 
Um, it didn't really play any effect in it. So you got the kills, but there was no backup, no way to save it. So, I mean, yeah, that trend, trending performance for EU United definitely makes them a team to watch as we round out the season and see where they end up. Uh, they are tied with, were they tied with LG? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're tied with LG right now. And, I mean, they are way far behind the top four. Uh, I mean, there are three games, what, three games minimum behind Reciprocity? Mm-hmm. So that's three wins back to back to back. And granted, it looks like one of their matchups will be Evil Geniuses, which is good for them. But they're going to start playing through a second time. So I don't know what their their schedule exactly looks like. EU's? Top of my head. Yeah. EU plays so, EG on Monday. That's about it. How many play days do we have? Like how long does the rest of the season go through? Um, I think this is it. It's next week is. Oh really? Well, that was fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've I've seen people start talking on Twitter about teams being locked into a certain place if they win or lose. So I think this oh, might yeah. be it. Um. Yeah. There's nothing scheduled beyond Monday. So, yeah, they basically have an opportunity to prove that they are not second to last. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, this is DZ's last chance to try and secure their second place. And I think this is a really good chance for them um to get second place because TSM has to play Space Station and that's going to be a tough <laughs> that's going to be a tough match for Space Station I think. Oh yeah. Because 29 33 1 32 Oh. That's for that's a first place match right there. Yeah. That's true. That is definitely a first place match. Because, yeah, DZ used to be high. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a first-place match. The tie won't give Space Station the win either. They have to win it. Mm-hmm. But they they need at least a tie to secure their second place. If they want to stay where they are, they need to secure at least a tie. So they don't lose a, lose their second place spot. But if DZ wins and Space Station loses, they just have to make sure that it's a tight loss and not a a dumping on them because they ha they still have the round differential. I don't advantage. think round differential comes into play here because if you look down at LG and EU, see they're tied. Mm -hmm. Um, EU has a has a uh, better round differential than LG, but it shows LG above them. Oh, interesting. I I wonder if that's because LG has less rounds lost. It could be. Hmm. But anyways, you know, um. 
this is this is DG's chance to actually you know what yeah this is DG's chance to try and tie for second place that's pretty much what it is yeah so what do we know about what's coming next after pro league i'm curious i haven't seen any announcements for events i haven't seen any hype because all those all those land events are not happening and is there any usual end of the season event that players would normally be looking forward to that we should see here or is this just fade slowly into the sunset for the summer um you know that's a good I question any announcements or anything yeah that's a very good question um i guess dream hacks i don't know if those are going on is our dream hacks nope. um oh here we go honestly at, at the current moment pro league season 11 finals canceled yeah remember we talked about that yep yep there's there's not going to be any pro league finals. They're just going to um, distribute right. the distribute the winnings into the all into all the teams. That's right. Damn. So we're really just fading into the sunset. Pretty much, yeah. And then I think all the teams are um, taking the. I think they are doing this. Partly, you know, mostly because of the, the 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 virus thing going on, but also it gives the teams time to pick up and move to Vegas for next season. That's true. All the teams Hello, are. I don't know if anybody's moving right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I. Th I mean, they're not gonna have a choice, you know. Um, yeah. They might be sending individuals out to like secure apartment places or like team homes and stuff like that how are there however the teams organize that and getting ready for broadcast setups but i can't imagine that it's a huge effort going on right now yeah you know what that makes yeah i don't think that they would actually move anyone at the moment yeah flying is too much of a risk i would i would assume uh i've heard i've seen and i've heard from people i know who work at airports that they've had flights with all of like one people, one or two people on them. And they're like, not, uh, what is it? The, the critical employees for running things. These are just normal people taking flights for shits and giggles. And because for some reason they're still but because no, no one wants to fly. Well, I mean, that's smart. Nobody wants to fly. Yeah. And so if you're going to go fly, you're going to be the only one flying. Yeah. It's it's a it's the um I call this the fast lane mentality. <laughs> um do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Everybody wants to be in the fast lane, so everyone gets in the fast lane. They're wondering why everyone's go slow and going slow. But if you move over to the slow lane, there's nobody in the slow lane. So you can go as fast as you want to because everybody's in the fast lane because they think it's the fast lane now. So it's the fast lane mentality. That's what I call it. So I guess the one other pro league matchup that from this week that deserves to be talked about is Tempo Storm versus LG. And you can feel free to disagree with me or call out another matchup. But the fact, Tempo Storm, 7-1 to LG, blows my mind. Like, that seems devastatingly unprepared on LG's part. You think so? It was on Cafe. It was on Cafe. 
Honestly, um, while I'm impressed that Tempo Storm managed a 7-1, you know, Pro League or not, it's impressive to win by such a large margin. Um, yeah. So I'm impressed in that sense. But honestly, with Cafe, I feel like with some teams, it can be one it can either be really good or really bad i feel like there's sometimes sometimes there is just no middle ground like if there it's very rare that like a tie happens on cafe i mean it happened it's already happened this this season so Mm -hmm. i it sounds like i don't know what i'm talking about but tying on (laughs) cafe tying on cafe is, is a very rare instance um because you just have to you just have to have played cafe to know what i'm talking about it's just it's either going to go really good or really bad it's just one of those maps yeah i mean you look at the numbers and you see tempo storm having a heyday four of their five players going positive kd ratios their costs are Four of the five of them are 75% or above. Their fifth player is at 63%, which is tied for second place to in Luminosity. Luminosity only having Doodle at 88%. Everyone else is 50, 50, 13%. I don't recognize Rexen. Why does that name seem different? Rexen, he's always been on LG. He's just he's a non-player to me like i've not registered him as anything really yeah he's i i hate i hate saying that like i i look at this I, i've looked at these lineups for like the last year like the entire season the last two seasons of rainbow six and the name rexon sounds completely foreign to me so i really? don't know where this guy's been He's I don't been, know where my mind's been. He's been he's been on the team since they were a uh, ninety two dream team. I don't I don't know him. He and got relegated. Look at this. The like I know why I don't know him. Three of them are still OG. Uh, Doodle, Hyena, and Rexon are the OG guys from that team. Got it. Jarvis and Factor are the new ones. See, I recognize all the other names. <laughs> Yeah, man, they just Maybe got I'm not paying attention. Rexon just got stomped. Jesus. Yeah. One seven or one and eight. No headshots. And he was the entry fragger. Mm hmm. Stomped. That's unfortunate. Um. <laughs> Bad day. I mean, yeah. And at the same time, like, there's no finals to look forward to. There's no. Like at this point, you're probably just like, these guys are probably just paying playing for their paycheck and for whatever prize pool is distributed at the end of the season. Like, there's no glory in this. There's no real recognition for finishing season eleven. Um, some of these guys might be coming up to the end of their contracts. They might have already started having those conversations. Some people may just be done with Rainbow Six Siege. And may I mean, for all we know, maybe that played a case in TSM not preparing for United. Just being like, it's the end of the season. We can only win. We would have to lose 
to Space Station Gaming. Maybe they feel more confident about that, uh, about that matchup. And like, okay, we we either win against the United, and then we're out of reach from Space Station, so we just win the season anyways. Mm-hmm. But maybe they just back themselves into a corner. That is true. All those things definitely could be the case. Um, I mean, yeah, it could be that. Well, no. Um, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say something about how tempo kind of. I was just gonna. No, they they were hungry. They, I mean, I mean, they were second to last, but they they still wanted to win. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, there might be incentives from them for them from Tempo Storm to finish out strong, or like, hey, show me that you guys still want to play. Could be something that's been communicated to them. Like mm-hmm. having been in the bottom for so long, they 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 have to show something. And right now, they're at least in the running against LG and e United points wise, but they're. I still think LG United Tempo are just categorically underneath DZ Reciprocity Space Station TSM. They have something to figure out with what's the missing piece that puts them up into that tier one echelon of NA Pro League. That is true. You know, and also it is the end of the season. Um, I think it's more of what you were saying earlier. Um, there could be talks underway, and I think that especially these teams that have been consistently on the bottom, there could be a serious talk of changes. So they could they could be making some big changes here soon. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned, Vegas. Mm-hmm. What team, what organizations are going to keep their spot? LG LG was one of the ones that I think they're dropping out of Pro League, so it looks like they might have not even been trying. Everything's yeah. kind of coming together now. I mean, it's making more sense. And who was it? We were also, there was also a possible rumor that EG wasn't going to move their team down there. Yeah, LG and EG. So, I mean, and then Reciprocity just dropped their reciprocity-ness uh and so they're just a freestanding team so they they have to figure out what's going on with them and i mean how did they do this week they're doing fine they are they're they fourth are, place then they they want to keep their spot they, they want to go to vegas yeah well the the players hold that spot yeah they hold that but like how would you how do you think the players without an organization are going to Get moved. their asses to Vegas. I think they already live in Vegas. Oh, well, that's convenient. Yeah, I think I think reciprocity is already... I think they're stationed in Vegas. If I'm not mistaken. Well, that's that's <laughs> lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're always joking about... Um, I see them always joking about how, like, people go to Vegas and, like, they, they take a picture of the the Balenciaga building and they're like, oh, visiting the team rec house. <laughs> because the the, the the rec guys like to buy shoes from Balenciaga. <laughs> Whatever that is, but they're shoe guys. That's funny. 
I, I've never been able to get into shoes. Like my shoes are always filthy, falling apart. And it's just like, whatever I can wear and not feel like wet feet out here in Seattle. I'm a happy camper. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, the $40 pair of Vans guy and wear them for five years. Right here. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my only pair of shoes. Minus my, my, my running gym shoes. I mean, my my favorite shoes are my Birkenstocks. I replace them probably. Well, I try not to replace them, but when I forget to maintain them, I still only replace them after I've worn a hole all the way through them, <laughs> like through the cork, through the leather, and like torn the leather and all that stuff. Like, I'm a, I'm a filthy Birkenstock wearer year round. I'm almost to the age where I need to get myself a pair of uh, good old New Balances for for yard work. Yep, you can you can go that route. Some fresh can, white uh, New Balances. You get the Crocs so that you can get the freshly cut grass stuck in there and stick into your feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of all there is to say about Pro League. Next week's Pro League summary is going to be the last one until season twelve. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, and that. I'm hoping in the next couple weeks, maybe two or three weeks, we're going to start to see a lot more um, announcements and communication from ESL as to like what's going to actually happen because everything's just kind of been like hearsay um, and just kind of talk and nothing's actually been um, conveyed from ESL uh, themselves. So hopefully, like I said, in the next couple of weeks, we actually hear some some solid news about what's mm. actually going to happen, who's moving, who's not, um, what orgs are going to come into pro league, who's dropping out, stuff like that. Um, I feel like I feel like if you followed pro league and you didn't have a Twitter, you'd have absolutely no idea what was going on. Oh yeah. No. You know, I mean, the fact that we even forgot that the, we weren't even having season 11 finals and we forgot what was next, that's a huge problem. Yeah, they made that announcement, but there's been no reiteration of like congratulations to our teams or look forward to this messaging. Like I could also understand that the whole COVID quarantining situation is probably delaying some developments and they're they might be making plans for coming out with a bang in season 12. But at the same time, no communication like this is just completely detrimental to the community, to the hype to the momentum like players have to know what's going on and the fans have to know what's going on otherwise you're just leaving room for other games to come in and just sweep the attention mm-hmm. and that's actually currently what's going on at the moment exactly, exactly. um <laughs> we all know what game it is too yeah we don't have i mean there you go but hopefully we can see something kind of come back around see esl start talking see uh, teams moving, still saying we're excited about season twelve. So hearing players saying that they're still excited to compete, I think that's the that's those are going to be the pieces that are going to be the biggest for helping everything move forward. ESL finally has to say something, but the teams and the players are going to be the ones who carry the burden over the summer. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, I need, we. I think everyone needs to know if there are going to be any more. Um, I guess there's not going to be any more lands until you know further notice because of this whole thing. I mean, maybe there might be some uh, some online competitions. Actually, I did see one 
an, an announcement for like a like a spring um tournament that mm. something was putting that someone was putting on i can't remember um i'd have to send it to you when i find it but that's, there is one great it's, time to be doing it but it, it is it's open to literally everyone i'm pretty sure so um i think it'd be a good chance for for some pro league teams to make some extra cash um <laughs> You know, come in, come in with Smurf accounts and a different name, and well, they wouldn't need to. It's open to everyone, so that's true. They could definitely just enter mean. as their team, and you know, go off and make some extra cash. Which I mean, if I was yeah. an org owner, I would be um, emphasizing, you know, to my team, like, hey, enter this competition, please. Oh, yeah. You know, just stream it. Um, just screw it. Just stream it. Five minute delay, two minute delay, whatever. Stream it. We'll pay you to stream it. Like, go all out. Like now, more than ever, is the time to be making content as a player, as a streamer, as anyone, as a podcaster, whatever. Like now is the time to be making stuff. Yeah, no people one's paying attention. Yeah, and also people have nothing better to do than yeah. watch watch tv or watch their computer monitor or watch something you know nope ah yes good times but anyways i believe um that is all with pro league um Sweet. if you don't have any i don't have anything else if you don't have anything else we can move on to the collegiate yes let's do that let's see let's see well if we go by behind the scenes stat tracking for CR6, we currently have, let's see how many teams. Currently have eighteen teams who are two and0 um, in CR6 Premier League. So these are the top 70 teams, and right now 18 of them are two and0. So each round they are playing, winners are playing winners, losers are playing losers, um, all that kind of stuff. So we have everyone ranging from round differentials of 22, which is Boston University, which is giving them the lead at the moment, <laughs> is their round differential is just that much higher than um, CSULB, Division One, and Akron, who are tied for second and third place with 20 round differential. Uh, but I think the big story um, the big story for me out of the top 10 or even the top 18 right now I think if I had to pick two teams that surprised me the most Oregon State University sitting at 11th 2-0 round differential 14 they are in the running 100% mm -hmm. they are right there with your Akron Zips your CU Boulder Black CSULB all the teams you would expect. Grand Canyon University is technically behind them. And GCU has been a thriller to watch the last few seasons. So Oregon just coming out strong this season, completely unaware of them in the winter. And now here they are all, almost cracking the top 10 in CR6, which wow. I think still has probably some of the, I think with the amount of teams that they have and the consistent growth, even from, last not last winter the winter before csr cr6 probably represents the highest talent pool and for a team to be cracking the top 10 or near the top 10 
it, it says something to their skill level for sure. And, and I know that there is some different structure in like CEA and CRSL where they had qualifiers and invites and stuff like that. And they clearly didn't perform to get into the open league in CEA and they didn't win any of the trials for CR, CRSL. But the, with those kind of special entries, this is just them earning their spot in CR6. Every one of the teams is now earning their spot. There's no relegation. There's nothing like that. You can climb from the Open League all the way up to Premier League in the course of a single league or a, se- a single season, basically. By the time you start a new season, if you were in, if you were stuck in the Open, you could be making your way into invite if your team has improved enough. Mm-hmm. Oregon State just kind of came out of nowhere. And the other team, I believe, this is Kansas State University, uh, KSU Gold. Um, round differential 15. There's, am I looking at that right? No, that was UCF Black. Um, K- KSU Gold, their team, the team rating that CR6 has calculated based off of their own metrics, they're probably one of the lowest ranking. Yeah, they're one of the lowest ranked top 18 teams. Um, so it's interesting to see them with the higher round differential than so many, but it just means their matches are close, I think. Or their the individual performances aren't stellar, like no one's just blowing everyone away, but they are winning rounds decisively. They're winning maps decisively. Uh, so that that's a cool thing to be seeing. So those are basically all I got. We can look over some of the other matches from week two. Let's do this. Week two, uh, Wisconsin Esports Red, of course, took down Cutstown University. I've never even heard of that university. Um, Bronco Esports Gold took down Ole Miss. Grand Canyon University 2-1, Longhorn Gaming Orange. So I believe that's their A team, their A squad. Ohio State University took out Maryville, 2-0. UCF Black, no problem against Michigan State, 2-0 there. A&M Maroon took out Texas Tech University, 2-1. That was a... Alfred State. That was a close match. Yeah. That shouldn't... (laughs) I was watching them play as they were playing Tech, and that was... uh, It came a lot closer than it should have. I'm just leaving (laughs) it at that. Uh, Alfred State. Over Iowa State JV, no surprise there. Uh, this one might be a little bit of a surprise. Tennessee Tech took out Northern Arizona University. Gold. Yeah, I think gold is their A squad there. So I wish that we had a... I, I might even just send this to CR6 being like, A squads are just A squad or gold. Just pick one gold, silver, bronze, pick one way to communicate who is your A squad, who is your B squad, and if you have a C squad, do that, because it's hard to tell. <laughs> um, New York Tech took out Mosu Bears, easy. Purdue over Embry-Riddle, Simon Fraser over Ryerson Yellow. Um, that's a B squad, maybe even a C squad. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Oregon State University... This is all week two. We're in week three. Only a few teams have played their week three matches. Um, so Oregon State University 2-0 over British Columbia Gold. 
Akron Zips over Cal Esports. Uh, MSU, Mississippi State University, a team who's, again, just come out of nowhere. Beastly. They, they're chewing on fertilizer to just hulk out on these teams, and they're, they're winning. They're winning really, really well. Um, they're pretty decisively in the mix, but I believe just their round differential, and I think they might have actually dropped a match um, Mississippi State. Oh, they're seventeenth, so they're still in the two and O club. So I mean, round differential of nine, similar rating to even KSU, but they're still two and O, and there's no way you can argue with that. So they are holding their own, and at this point, they're five rounds ahead of Texas A and M Maroon. So that should give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what what AM may be up for coming soon. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's business as usual. This is week three of four for phase two in CR6 as we finish week four and after next week, end of next week, uh they will start doing the playoffs. And so they will be taking those top 70 teams, shuffling them into the premier playoffs, the bottom 71st through 140th will make up the open division playoffs and we get some sweet sweet playoff action there we'll have to do the playoff challenge again this week or this season and see if one of us can actually do some good in calculating our uh our brackets because when i look back at mine i did horrible which makes (laughs) me sad Moving to CRSL, they haven't posted their VODs from week five so or week six, so I'm out of the loop there, but they have updated their website. So we can start looking at how things are going. We have Sheridan College on top of group one, five and oh, five straight wins. And I mean, this is in a group with Miami University, Wilfrid Laurier, New York Tech, UNC Charlotte. Ontario Tech, Norwich University, and Humber. Norwich and Humber are on five and six game losing streaks, so nothing, there's no competition there. They're not going to the playoffs. And I believe it's the top four from each group that'll go to the playoffs. So we get 16 teams in total that'll be in the playoffs in, let's see, this is week six for them. They're playing week seven, so we got another two weeks before they're into the playoffs as well. Um, it's really down to a race between New York Tech and UNC Charlotte and possibly Wilford Laurier, but they are a game ahead. So, or they're actually two games ahead of New York Tech and UNC Charlotte. So those two teams have something to prove and not dropping below four and two like Wilford, Wilford Laurier Otherwise, they will be out of the playoffs and they will just barely miss the cut. Okay. Uh, you know, I never... Th- I don't know if we ever discussed this, but I'm actually really surprised at how uh, well things are still running with the in the Collegiate League with everyone like having to like move back home or... You know, do all this stuff oh, yeah. and everything. Are they yeah. are they accommodating those kind of like the the play times and the the finals yeah. and everything, the playoffs? Okay, a lot of that has been accommodating 
there's been like CEA and CRSL. I've heard, I've seen players shouting out how appreciative they are of how well those orgs have kind of helped things. There's been some kerfuffles on the CR6 side, but at the same time, they've been open for communication. And if it may be a case of they're not over communicating, but they've put out there in all the proper channels, if you need something, tell us. And teams just not being able to balance their real life needs and their CR6 obligations for communication. But Otherwise, it seems to be being handled well. Um, CR6, I think it's CR6, um, they are walking their rosters again. So they, it seems like they opened up rosters for changing to make sure subs could come in if teams were having complications. Um, other teams were allowed to back out of the leagues that they are in at no repercussion just because of the complications of everything, mm -hmm. which I, when I look at it as a whole, all of the leagues have been super responsible with helping the students and being accommodated and not just holding them to some impossible bar of like, no, you're in our league. You have to play through and deal with it or suffer the consequences if you're going to forfeit everything like now there's one team um, in CEA. They backed out really early. I think they actually backed out after like week one. Oh wow! And that was even before all the COVID stuff really started happening. San Jose State University. I don't think they actually. I don't even think that they played a single game. They got the, they got into the invite league, and then they just backed out. I don't know any more than that. But so back to CRSL, or I mean, overall, with the situation, these leagues have been handling themselves very well. They've been communicating, they've been accommodating, they've been trying to make everything work. I believe uh, CEA even delayed their final week of uh, the regular season for the invite league because they wanted to make sure everyone could play and make sure that they were accommodated to the last team who needed to play their last match. Okay. So I mean, it, it's been good overall, but I'm sure that there's been more behind the scenes problems, maybe for some of the open league teams, but no one's actually reached out and I haven't seen much conversation about it out in public. Um, group two is leading, leading the way is Charger Blue. So that's University of Alabama Huntsville, I believe. Uh, five and two they've played all i think they've played all of their matches and then they've played all of their matches up until the website was released or updated so they're on top of everything they're five and two they are i can't tell let's see we can look at their matches who has charger blue lost to they beat afk experience they beat university of texas san antonio the they, afk experience yeah they <laughs> Longhorn Gaming, they lost to Texas A&M Maroon. They won against ASU Gold. And scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, Charger Blue, they won against Louisiana State University, and then they lost to Louisiana State University of Lafayette. That's kind of surprising. But when we look at the standings for that group, uh so charger blue five and two number two is a and m maroon at four and two 
So there's a game behind there. Louisiana Lafayette, four and three. LSU, three and two. UTSA, two and two. Longhorn Gaming, two and three. Like that's, I mean, this was what we called the group of death last time. Charger Blue, AM, Maroon, Louisiana, Louisiana, San Antonio, A Squad, and Longhorn Gaming. I'm surprised to see Longhorn Gaming so far down. And I believe with two games left, or they have three games to play, but so do the other two teams on top of them. They're in a running for fourth place. So they could secure a fourth place finish and move into the playoffs. But if this is, I mean, they've put themselves behind. So it's time to dig deep and see if they can pull out something against LSU and UTSA, basically. Um, Arizona yeah. State Gold and the AFK experience are just out. They're one and four, so there's no hope for them. <laughs> Poor guys. Uh, at least this season. There's always next season. Mm-hmm. So when did the playoffs start? Uh, so they have eight games to play. The schedule has them has week eight or has the playoffs running April twentieth through April twenty sixth. So week one and then okay. week two, April twenty seventh through May third. So we'll get there in what is it? Tomorrow's the tenth. So we got a week and a half basically okay. until we're in week eight or until the first week of playoffs. So we'll get week seven playing through the 12th. So through Sunday, week eight will be Monday through the following Sunday. Okay. So not too much longer. And we'll figure that and we'll find out what's left. But uh, FIU leads group three, five and oh, solid squad over the top of Akron, who's four and one. And oh, so they oh they actually lost. Who did Akron lose to? I read that wrong earlier when I was looking it up. Uh, Akron Gold. They beat Elon. They lost to FIU. That's where it is. So that's their only loss, and there's nothing they can do about it, which basically means... FIU has to lose to someone much worse than Akron for Akron to try and take first place. Somebody has to what? Say that again? A team that's far worse than Akron has to beat FIU for Akron to take first place. And FIU sitting on top of everyone and when you look at the rest of the teams in this league, I would say that there's probably one team that might be able to pull something off against FIU, and that's Wisconsin Red. And they're sitting two and two at fifth place. So they haven't shown up. And we're in week Who beat or, who beat Akron? That FIU. That FIU beat Akron. Yeah. FIU, FIU being beat Florida? Florida. Yeah. Florida uh, International University, I believe. Oh. Yeah. I mean, FIU is a solid competitor. If we look them up in CR6. Okay. Make a liar out of me, I guess. Um, <laughs> no way. They're not even in CR6? That can't be right. 
I don't even see them in CR6. It may just be in that one league. Maybe. Weird. I mean, I recognize them from... I mean, to be honest, it's not... I would say it's pretty common for a team to only be in one league. Um, I think there's. I think only. A, uh, they I, are. I, they are in C. Uh, CEA. They are okay. sixth place overall in the open division. They weren't one of the teams invited um, for the sixteen-team invite league, which was predetermined. Um, but FIU, I mean, they are six, six and one, six wins, one draw in that league. So. They're solid, man. I mean, good team. Yeah, and they've been a competitor around just about everyone. Yeah, interesting, interesting stuff there. That's a that's a, there's also that's an also an interesting statistic there because you said they're first they're first right now in CR six or um, CRSL. Yes, in their group. Group in their, eight. Oh, in their group. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, if they were first overall. But then you said they're six in CEA. Yes. Okay. And that's CEA Open Division. Akron is actually in the invite league. Because they oh. won last season. Okay. So FIU, if we look at them in CEA, FIU is underneath uh CU Boulder Black, CSLUB or CSULB, uh Charger Blue, Grand Canyon University, and this one surprises me. The first place team in the open division, York University. York. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean just for comparison, York York, not even in CR6. <laughs> oh, I, love I guess uh, I guess they had got better, nothing better to do in uh... yeah. Uh, so I mean, but York is in um, Canada. Is it? That's the it's the one in Canada, right? York yeah. University. But didn't I just see York? In Ugh. I'm getting my my leagues crossed now. <laughs> there's too many teams man I know, too many teams too many leagues too many acronyms like I said these three leagues just need to come together and form one super league and then ESL picks up Rainbow Six Collegiate League and that'll hold us over until season 12 comes around when we can do lands done <laughs> <laughs> and then by then all of the North American colleges will will have agreed upon a formal structure. They will adopt this mega league as their collegiate league overall, and then the teams will be traveling all over the place. And then we just get land for the entire season, every match land streamed. <laughs> it's not a pipe dream, I swear. Oh man, just uh, <laughs> just have one collegiate league overlord. Hmm. Uh, anyways, we can move away from my Rainbow Six Dreams and go into Group 4 of uh, CRSL. CGC UIC SOL leads Group 4. That is, uh, who's that? University of Chicago, Illinois, or yeah, Illinois, 
competitive gaming club uh, is what that acronym stands for. And I'm pretty sure the SOL means shit out of luck, but I don't know. Um, They're five and one. They've lost one match and they lost two. They ended up losing to Texas Tech University. So that's another strong team across the other leagues. But Texas Tech is two and three. So they are not. uh, UIC lost to a team that is just not faring well in that group. So it, it kind of makes me concerned to think that teams who haven't played up to six matches yet. So University of Utah in second place at four and one. They're a game behind. They could be tying UIC. Uh, Northern Arizona University, they're four and two, which just means they're one win away against UIC to be tied with them if mm-hmm. UIC loses again. Colorado Frost is three and three. And basically they're clinging to fourth place with only two games left for them while some of their opponents still have three, four matches left to record. Um, And this is part of that um, CRSL being accommodating to timelines, letting teams play previous matches or uh, as many matches as they wanted. I believe actually part of the rule structure was that a team could play upwards of as uh, upwards of six games because they knew the schedule ahead of time. So a team could have played six matches in a single week and oh, just wow. played all of their matches. Yeah. Um, so that w- that could have been interesting. And I think that what we're seeing is just that disparity of how many teams want to schedule matches right away and how many teams want to be practicing and studying and taking their time. Um, but this this group doesn't thrill me. Like, UIC 5-1. Okay, University of Utah... I honestly haven't seen them anywhere else. So they won a trial and they showed up and I would have to dig into where they are in CEA open and um, CR6 probably open. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, let's just take it, take a gander, Utah. Not even their premier, Utah, not in CR6. So CEA, Utah, nope, not, not. Invite Utah. Not in CEA either. So a single league team, somehow they won a trial. I would need to go back and see which trial that they won and who competed in that trial and be like, how the hell did you let this team through? But <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just my first gut. That's my, yeah. I mean, okay, let's put me to the, to the test. Stats. Trial statistics, trial one, team statistics. Well, actually, here, we'll go to where University of Utah won trial number one. Okay, so they, it looks like they took, they took the top four teams from trial number, from each trial. That's right. So trial number one. Oh, they don't list this very well at all. Uh, let's see, University of Utah. They only had to play 26 rounds. They had 123 kills, 34 assists, and 61 deaths. 
So two kills for every one death. And I mean, the only team. I mean, they played very few rounds in comparison, like 26 rounds compared to ASU Gold and and in Maroon played 27. Wisconsin Red played 28. Uh, California Irvine played 29. Charger played 32. Charger Blue played 32. San Antonio A played 35. Um, I mean, FIU played 24, so they were just underneath University of Utah. But who else won trial number one? We have trial number one, FIU, San Antonio A-team, uh, A and Charger Blue, and then University of Utah. Like, those are three stacked competitive teams, and then Utah. <laughs> oh, wow. So they must have done something right. That's all I can really say about that. Like, that's they were in the right place at the right time, I guess. Because, I mean, when you look back at the trial, trial number one, teams, A&M Maroon, ASU Gold, uh, Arizona State Maroon. So Arizona State had two teams. Baylor, Baylor 2. Um, LSU was in there. <clears throat> Northern Arizona University Gold. New York Tech. Texas Tech. Uh, UConn was in there. UNC Charlotte. Mm, and Wisconsin Red. Those were Wisconsin Red. Absolutely. Where were they? They, and they didn't pull through. And they, jeez, maybe Utah is someone to watch. Yeah, I mean they're they're holding their own in their bracket. I mean they're sitting second place overall. Yeah, second place within striking distance of first, and there's opportunity for them to take it over. And I mean, at the same time, I have to say University of Illinois Chicago, like I didn't know much of them at the beginning of the season either, just from their crazy acronym. And it was just their name kept popping up and up and up and they kept winning. Oh, yeah. So, they're the, that crazy long acronym, right? The UI. CGC, UIC, SOL. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> again, another team kind of coming, uh, coming out of nowhere. Um. Yeah, but Utah's in striking distance. Northern Arizona's in striking distance. It would take something catastrophic for Colorado Frost in fourth place to even challenge uh, CGC, UIC, SOL. Mm -hmm. I, I might just start calling them SOL just to be annoyed with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, fourth, I would say fourth, fifth, and sixth. It, it's a mix. It could go either way. I don't see University of California, Irvine, White, who's sitting at one and four. I don't see them having a three-game turnaround going three and four and being able to take fourth place. Um, the San Antonio B squad, they're 0 and four. They're out. They're done. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and that might actually be why they've only recorded four matches. They lost four. There's no point in playing anymore because it would be nigh impossible for them to secure a fourth place finish at four and four yeah they would at best 
if some other team, if another, what, three other teams were worse and one other team tied them at four and four, they would still have to do a tiebreaker, which, or, I mean, that's assuming the tiebreaking rules say, oh, it's not round differential and it's not any other statistic that would decide the the tie breaking. But so, I mean, that just puts them in a weird spot anyways. So it's like, why bother? Basically, Mm -hmm. I could see UCI white being like, hey, we won one. We have hope, but then they've only recorded five matches, just like Texas Tech and or ASU Maroon. So maybe maybe some teams are just calling it quits early. But that's that's CRSL. Uh, CEA, they are going into they're they're wrapping up their week eight. I haven't had a chance to see how those matches rolled out. And it's also still weird because the one the one group that had that team drop out in the very beginning, they that means that they only played six matches while all the other groups played eight and they never replaced the team that dropped out. So there was a gap filled. So when you look at overall, um, looking at the full internal seeding from CEA, University of Akron is at the top despite having only played six games. And when you look at the round differential per match, they ha- they average higher because mm-hmm. potentially because they played fewer games and their points per match match up with RIT's uh, 2.3 points per match, even though RIT has played eight games. And now you can't hold another team dropping out against Akron but I would, I would almost sandbag those stats. Like the teams who played eight games, they are eight games consistent and eight games winning. Like Rochester Institute of Technology, four wins, three partial wins, one loss. Four. And so that's that whole partial win thing still gets me. Yeah, it's two maps, and ties are allowed on both. And so ties are allowed. No, that's right. Yeah, ties are allowed on both. Right. So partial wins means they won one and drew one. And then draws would be they drew both maps, and losses would be would mean that they lost one and drew one, or lost both matches. Okay. Both maps. Um, but RIT, they've played this season. They've played all of their opponents. And they have the top standings. Like their round differential is 0.2, it's two tenths lower than Akron. Their points per match is identical. It seems a little unfair for Akron to get that number one seed from that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, CEA, we got. Akron and one, RIT and two, Pennsylvania State University and three. I haven't followed them much. Carnegie Mellon, they weren't a huge contender in the winter of or the fall of 2018. And I haven't really tracked them since, but seeing them here gives me some hope. Two wins, two partial wins, four draws. It's <laughs> like Space Station gaming of old. <laughs> oh. That's the, the rogue of old. Yeah, there you go. 
uh, University of Florida in five. Oh. My someone just updated the spreadsheet, I think, because all my all the order sorting got messed up for a second. Um, University of Florida in fifth, Arizona State University in sixth, New York Tech seventh, George Mason eighth, Wisconsin Red ninth. That surprises me, honestly. I would have expected them to be doing a lot better, um, just given some of their competitive games that they've had in CR6 and some of those matchups. Uh, RIT B squad just after uh, Wisconsin Red in 10th, Rutgers at 11th, University of Maryland, College Park in 12th, Virginia Tech 13, North Carolina, Ontario Tech, San Jose. I'm, you know what? San Jose, no. You, you, don't, you don't get to be accounted for with these teams. You're, you're not even 16th. 16th goes to the other teams that should be there. You dropped out, removed, whatever it happened, happened before Corona, before complications. You had an invite, you bailed. Yeah. Who on you? <laughs> Who on you? <laughs> I'm a stickler. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm allowed to be cranky about competitors and stuff. You damn kids. Get your acts together. Yeah, we went over a little bit of the open league as well. So, I mean, that, that's really all I got to say. I'm really looking forward to getting to the playoffs and whittling down to some of these teams so that it's easier for me to get to know these squads and know who who matters for a few weeks longer, basically. Uh, I've got my hit list to follow up on. I want, I want to watch those week six VODs from CRSL. Um, overall, Overall, I have to say I am pleasantly surprised by the amount of teams who are coming out of nowhere, teams who are improving, and teams who are throwing Akron through loops, teams who are throwing A&M some, some shade and putting, putting everyone through the paces. Like The talent in collegiate is continually shifting and new players are coming in. So I'm really looking forward to when these players start really starting to see people take notice of them and also looking into the challenger league i want to see more of these teams even representing their school if they're allowed to in the challenger league i think that would be great but really i think that's the end of it that's all i've got and we have gone long Whew, boy am i long-winded apparently <laughs> uh, but i mean that's all i've got you've got anything else no, I don't think I do. Um, okay. No, I don't. We get we get collegiate through the beginning of May, I believe. See our pro league end of next week's it. One more match, I believe, for most teams on Monday, and that's it for pro league season eleven. We'll have an episode next week. It'll pro it will be primarily collegiate, I'm sure unless there's some juicy drama and announcements coming out. Uh, outside of that, we look forward to the final forms of the three college Rainbow Six Leagues. Is it? Yeah. Cool. All right. We will catch you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. 